Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Please subscribe if you hate the Blues. Now this is a special feature where I'm joined by Paul Webb, the chairman of the AVFC London Lions. I'm going to try and build an Aston Villa first 11, but with a twist. And from there, I'll let Webbo explain. Yeah, thanks, Frankie. So I think uh, we've been chatting in the background with London Lions. We thought we'd try and do something a little bit different with this podcast rather than review the latest tweets uh, that are going on about rumours that we may or may not be linked with, a new or old badge, whichever one could be in. So this is a a podcast that is all about you, Frankie, and your history with the greatest football club in the world. So I was going to start by just asking you a few quickfire first questions. So. When do you? When was your first season that you feel like you properly got into it? Where Where do you look at your Villa career starting? What's that first season? Uh, it, it was the season we came second in the Premier League, yeah. 92-93. So, like me, you're a, a Premier League Villa fan. Uh, yeah. We accept that football it, uh, happened to be for that, uh, especially with our history. But for today's one to eleven, Frankie, I want you to bear in mind. I want Premier League players. I want this to be from your. Uh, history uh, as okay. a Villa fan. What's your first memory then uh, as a, a Villa? What's, what's Frankie's first memory? Uh, it was Aston Villa 2, Norwich City 3, nine, it went in the season when Norwich came third and we came second, November 92. Uh, that was the game before it. So, you know, I've mentioned before, my uncle uh, was a former Aston Villa player, John Dean, and he was also at that time, he was at Norwich as an assistant yeah. manager. And... Um, Basically, my mum said to me, do I want to support Norwich or Aston Villa? Uh, <laughs> and my dad being a big Birmingham City fan, my mum's family were massive Villa fans, my uncle at Norwich, uh, and then, but my best mates were all Villa fans. So I just decided, uh, now nah, it's going to be Villa. I didn't stick with my family and go with Norwich, but I, you know, I went with uh, my, uh, you know, <laughs> and I ignored my dad's pleas to be a Birmingham City fan. And uh, yeah, that was it. Um, but uh, my first game was a loss at Villa Park and it ended up being quite a quite an important loss at the end of the season as well. Yeah, yeah, there was. You look back on that season; it was an if, a maybe, or an if season. It could have been so different. One of those sliding doors type seasons. But I think of those three clubs, frankly, I think you've picked the best one. Or be if you'd have been a Norwich fan, you'd have been going up and down every season. So you'd have had <laughs> something to play for. And um, well, I wondered who was the first name you can remember that you had on the back of a Villa shirt. I think it was Dean Saunders. Dean, I, I feel like at the time the FA Cup. Shirt. The FA Cup shirt was the only one that had names on the back. Oh, Originally, okay. Premier League shirts didn't have the name on the back, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I remember getting Saunders on the back and I went to football training and everyone was like, oh my God, you've got an FA Cup shirt. <laughs> no. <laughs> nice, nice. And um, so there's one last first, and then we'll get in. I'll explain the 1 to 11. And it's sort of a, a double one when it's sort of like, when did you first realise what being a Villa fan was all about? But that's almost the same question as when was your first Villa heartache? So I think heartache in this, that era, we've had two trophy wins, but it has been more heartache than anything else. So when was your first one? Can you recall? Uh, my first real, my first life experience of heartbreak was Dwight York leaving for Manchester United. Mm, okay. like, I, remember, I remember a lot of bad moments for Villa, you know, losing games or not winning the title like the first season. But uh Dwight York was like my, you know, Paul McGrath and Dwight York probably my two main players in when I first started following Villa. And uh, there was something about Dwight York where he was just so different, such a great player. Um such and been at Villa since I could remember. And then when he 
left for Manchester United. It was genuinely, I'm, I'm, I was so devastated. My mom had to drive me to go get a Happy Meal at McDonald's. <laughs> so uh, a, a Happy Meal toy would hopefully get me over it. Um, but yeah, I think that, and then seeing him in the Man United shirt the next week, I think they played in white against West Ham in a draw maybe. And I remember it just being like, how how can this be happening? And uh, I imagine there's a lot of kids now who had the same experience with Grealish going to City. Yeah, I think so. I think Dwight York, I think that's a very fair one. I think the bit that really hurt me is I remember going to Old Trafford in mm. his first game against Villa and they scored. I can't remember who scored. It wasn't York. But he ran over and did his little jump in the air and sort of a fist bump towards the Villa fans. Oh. And that just you just sort of felt oh, there was a man who had like he'd given so much to Villa and so quickly forgotten. Yeah. Um, but he still talked about to this day, isn't he, York, in terms of almost that is the benchmark that we need from a striker that just goes yeah. to show how good he was that even to this day he's almost still the benchmark that we're still looking for in a striker totally he was a fantastic player yeah so now we're going to move on and I, that was just trying to open up your mind to the memory banks because you might need to delve into them for this one to eleven so what we're going to do frank is i'm going to ask you 11 questions um, mm-hmm. all of which is going to be a, a villa player that yeah. you have to give an answer to what i want you to do is keep to a balanced team. You don't have to commit to 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 just yet. But by the end of this, and I'll remind you of players you've picked and where positions still maybe need to be uh, filled. So I want, a, I want a, you know, a rough 11. We could be a little bit fluid with the formation. Perhaps we could even create a new one uh, here and now that you and I could listen to and take it to, <laughs> to next season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to ask you 11 questions. Each one is a filler player. Uh, but as we get into it, it might become harder because maybe you have no striking positions left and you have to pick a defender, for example. So let's see where we get to. It's only meant to be a bit of fun. So let's see yeah. what Frankie's alternative 11 really is. <laughs> I'm going to start with a genuine football question. Some okay. of these aren't. Because uh, I thought I'd be generous to see if you can get maybe one of your favourite players in or somebody that has a memory. Could even have mentioned him already. Which Villa player within your era? So all of these are within your era. Would you trust most with a last-minute penalty? Oh, well, and we oh. are useless at penalties. I feel <laughs> like as a team, we've got to be one of the worst in Premier League histories. Yeah, um, do you know I wouldn't massively trust Ollie Watkins as much as I love no. Watkins, uh, but it's probably El Ghazi. El God, wow! Never missed a penalty, did he? And you know, you think back to that Wolves game during the lockdown and we won 1-0 last kick of the game at Molyneux and he buried it. Uh, I don't think he ever missed a penalty for us, I think. Um, no, I'd struggle to, yeah, not, not any spring into mind. I, I, I'm with you. There's a lot of players instantly come to mind that I wouldn't trust. Most yeah. of the strikers in the last decade feel like <laughs> that fit in that box. But Anwar Al-Ghazi, I think, did you think he would be the first name on your... I, Villa Absol- 1-11. to <laughs> I absolutely did not. Unless it was a question like, who is the closest thing to Cristiano Ronaldo? But, oh, God. Um, El Ghazi, maybe? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, like Dwight York's Penenka as well is yeah. very memorable against Arsenal. That that could definitely qualify him. But uh, no, I think I'll go El Ghazi just because he, he always scored. So I can't, can't yeah, go against that. And this is meant to be almost that first name that comes to your head as opposed to it going into too much stats and details. But yeah. I vividly remember that Wolves one because I know Jack made a point of running over to what would have been the away fan yeah. to really rub it in. Um, <laughs> so it, it, considering we weren't there that day, that, I do remember that very well. So Anwar El Ghazi, 
Yeah. Probably for the first time ever <laughs> is the first name on a Villa 1-11. So we've already created history, Frankie. Yeah, that's what we're all about on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're moving away a little bit from football. And I imagine there's a few people who will scream the answer to this one. But which Villa player uh, would you want to organise your stag do? Oh, it's John McGinn, isn't it? It's got to be, got... <laughs> got be John McGinn. <laughs> just feelly. Just uh, I feel like John McGinn would be really good at like knowing. I feel like he'd be experienced with stag do's. I feel like he'd know a lot of good places to go, a lot of good cities, and uh, would, um, you know, sort you out with a few contacts, get you in VIP somewhere, have the right sort of idea about what's fun and what isn't. Uh, and would just be a good, like, a rallying um, captain-like presence on a stag do to get you sort of <laughs> everyone together. Because believe me, I've been on stag do's where the best man who was organising it disappeared. So we yeah. all, all just wandered yeah. around Brighton for an entire night. Like, does anyone, has anyone <laughs> seen this guy? Yeah, you some organisation around it. I, do you think people would would have expected a Jack Grealish, perhaps, when you hear Ooh. stag do? Well, maybe not the organisation part. Of it. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be up for Grealish being there, uh, you know, in in his slippers or whatever it is that he did the one time. <laughs> but uh, I feel, and he, he, yeah, he'd be great company. But I think uh, I wouldn't trust Jack to organise it. Probably, <laughs> uh, he, he'd probably like know like the. I reckon, no, I reckon Grealish would know the people that own the bars. Yeah, I would get you in VIP everywhere. But I feel like McGinn's the one who would sort everything out and make sure that. You know, Jack could disappear in Brighton and you'd be like, where is where Jack gone? Whereas I feel like McGinn, he'd like he'd feel a sense of like, no, I've got to, got to keep the, the, the troops rallied, you know, got to yeah. keep them going. He'd be uh, he'd be there waking you up at 10 a.m. to go go-karting when everybody's yeah. hanging. So yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So we've got John McGinn and Anwell Algarzi. So we've got a couple of more recent players, yeah. current captain as well. So I know you and I have a, a guilty pleasure outside of Villa. I mean, we like a little bit of the, the WWE. Yeah. <laughs> so which Villa player would you most like to have as a tag team partner? Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, probably Dion Dublin. The big man, the big Dion Look, Dublin. He <laughs> headbutted Robbie Savage. What more <laughs> can he ask for? <laughs> So that's his finishing move straight yes. away the head, but <laughs> I can I can hear Jim Ross just be like, my God, we've got as my witness. <laughs> so we've got the big man up top. Dion Dublin as a tag team partner. He's he's quite fierce. You could have like the little and large tag team with yeah. yourself and Dion. I like that as an answer. Yeah. I think I was thinking maybe going throw back. Sean Teal was quite an intimidating character back in the early years and, and some of the yeah. centre backs, but I like Dion Dublin. Yeah. And I think I think uh, Sean Teal's finishing move would be like the the knee high sliding tackle, like, <laughs> yeah. like Bill Goldberg's spear only with his legs. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. Another name, perhaps in terms of people that wasn't uh, afraid to injure our opposition, was Mark Bosnich. Oh God, yeah, with the oh. karate kicking style. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So you've got. You've got a sort of a, a striker now. You've got a goal threat in Dion Dublin. You've got your midfield, uh, sort of like an anchor man, or certainly a midfield tempo with John McGinn and that outlet on the wing with Anwar El Ghazi. So no defenders, All no right, goalkeepers no. yet. Right. So uh, previously on a podcast, we've discussed uh, annoying Villa fans who stand behind you or near you. Wherefore... Which player would you least like to have stood behind you for a season in the Holt End, shouting their views or just 
<laughs> so that you could hear them throughout. Oh my goodness. Uh I think maybe Emmy Martinez. Now I <laughs> I love Emmy Martinez, but like he's a goalkeeper and goalkeepers love to moan. They just yeah. they shout and they moan and they scream at their defenders all the time. He's my favorite goalkeeper in the world. Maybe one of my favorite well, no, he is one of my favorite villa players ever. But uh I just imagine him standing behind you on the whole team, like endlessly yelling at like the players to, you know, like come, come deep, come deep, get the ball, get the ball. What are you doing? Like just, ah, uh, yeah. I think um, I, I don't think I'd ever want to be near a goalkeeper yeah. in a football stadium. I just let them shout into the into the let, get them on the pitch and let them shout at everyone else. Yeah, uh, they're not, used not to stand. having to shout really loud because usually the players are so far away. Yeah, <laughs> they need to get their voice heard. So I like. I like the idea of having a goalkeeper. Well, I don't like the idea of having a goalkeeper right <laughs> be shouting, trying to get yeah. his voice of voice. That is a very good point. I guess he would be pro passing it around at the back, which exactly. is a good thing in the whole set. If you, you really wouldn't want an old school Nigel Spink style <laughs> goalkeeper behind you, who would just be shouting hoof it <laughs> as loud as possible. Spink has been going absolutely mad that you're right. There's little five-yard passes between Emmy Martinez and Tyra <laughs> I can't imagine Nigel Spink's on board with that. But we've now got our goalkeeper. Yeah. And I think if, I think genuinely a lot of fans would put Emmy Martinez in their genuine 1-11 to now. I think it's a, a position we've struggled almost yeah. when we talked about that benchmark with uh, York's almost going back to Bosnich. Some people will go that far yeah. back, Friedel maybe. But yeah, what what a player he is, and fingers crossed he's there at the start of the season. So you and your better half are going on a double date, right? Which Villa player and their other half would you like to go on a double date with? A nice romance, you know, a nice civil meal, nothing yeah. too leery. Who do you want to have a nice conversation with? A bottle oh. of wine, etc. Well, I believe it or not, I would have said John McGinn again, uh, just, because, <laughs> just because by all accounts, everything I know I've heard about from various people who know him have met him that he's a really lovely bloke and great conversationalist and all that. Um, but, um, oh, uh, okay, well, it can't be the current back four because they're the most handsome men on the planet. Sorry, <laughs> means Alex Moreno and Matty Cash. I mean, you just sat there. I'm like, what What am I doing here? I've got no <laughs> chance here. Um Oh god, that's a that is a tough one. Uh double date, double date. Um maybe like maybe oh, maybe Paul McGrath. And I've got right, the reason I guess I Paul McGrath is one of my favorite players ever. I know I need a defender, but I feel like I would because obviously I grew up supporting Ireland as well as England, so I have very, very fond memories of McGrath playing for Villa, but also that game against Italy in 1994 which was yeah. on my eighth birthday in the World Cup in the USA. And he was an absolute colossus when the Ireland beat uh, Italy 1-0. And Italy, of course, they went on to the final. Um, so I'll probably just sit there the entire night boring him to death by asking him constantly about what it was like in that game and how he was so great at football, how it feels to be called God. And, uh, you know, he'd probably have to get used to me, like getting down on my knee and worshipping him. Like, <laughs> he, is, he is God. So, yeah, maybe Paul McGrath, just so I could ask him all about, uh, you know, um, his time as a... As a so on a double day, you've chosen what is probably about a 55-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to you go on a double day, you and your better half with... People in their mid fifties. I know it happens. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting somebody maybe of your own age. At that yeah. point, but I get the point yeah. about grilling Paul McGarvey. Yeah. Again, 
I don't think there's a Villa one to eleven without Paul McGrath in it. So no, no way. Kudos, no kudos way. to getting him in in some way, uh, shape <laughs> or form. So we've got McGrath. We're beginning to get a bit of shape to this. I think we still need a few defenders, midfielders, and attackers. So you've still got plenty of options right. to play with. Uh, next time, with well, this time, we're going down the pub, Frankie, and it's quiz night. Right. You need to pick a Villa player from your history to be on your pub quiz team. Ooh. Uh, Jack Grealish. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you go straight for Gabby and Bonhoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, was it Grealish who said he didn't know what an encyclopedia was? Yeah. Well, God bless him. God bless the man. God bless the man. I, I know the football have a podcast player that a lot. They call it Jack's Encyclopedia of the Game. So it's, it's yeah. great. But, um, uh, who oh, who would be a, a pub quiz? Pub quiz. Uh, oh, um, well, that's a that's a tough one. Maybe I feel, I sort of feel like Tyra Mings might be quite decent. Okay. I feel you know he he worked you know he what was it ties mortgages back in the day. That's why <laughs> he was a mortgage advisor. So I don't, I feel like I feel like he's he's an intelligent guy. He's, he's a he'd be great to have in in your team. But good in the good in the pub. Good good character to G the team up. And I think he, he'd like look out for other teams that are cheating. I think he, <laughs> he'd like, if he saw another team cheating, you, you know, that voice you, you hear when he, like you can hear him on the pitch. It's like, Hey, hey. <laughs> he do that across the pub. So uh, I think everyone's eyes would be drawn to anyone who's cheating on their phones. So it'd be great for that. And I feel like, I feel like he'd be cut, you know, he's quite a smart, a rude guy. He's into his politics, all that. Yeah. So, I think Mings would be a decent bet as a as a, on a pub quiz. And... There's a lot of uh, yeah, I can see that he's got a few things outside of football, hasn't he? He's got his academy. Yeah. He's he set up this homeless charity with uh, Prince. Uh, is it Prince William? So is that what we call so, Prince yeah. William? I'm not, not sure what his official title is these days. Uh, and you're right, he's got a bit, and he's did his mortgage thing. So he's clearly not just been in the football bubble all his life. So you yeah. think he'd have a bit of general knowledge, and that's. And he's he's an obviously a great leader, and he's maybe a bouncer type figure. So yeah. I, I will be asking you to pick a captain from this, and it could be a struggle to name one at the end of this. There's a few candidates already, but it feels like you've got your back two sorted. Maybe you're yeah. going for a back three. We got Mings and McGrath at the back, which is sort of the modern and the historic era coming together. There, yeah. I, I like those two. Uh, the next one. You, I'm assuming you have watched or are aware of the Netflix show Squid Games. Yes, amazing show. Villa player, do you think most likely win Squid <laughs> Games? Um, oh, who'd win on Squid Game? Who'd win on Squid Game? Uh, maybe it'd be somebody who'd go really under the radar, like Matt Target, just really quietly doing, <laughs> getting, just really quietly. So not drawing attention to himself. <laughs> yeah, that that could be useful. Uh, I feel like marvelous to Campbell would be like a bit, you know, be brave and courageous <laughs> and keep going. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe someone who just like quietly gets on with stuff like Matt Target, just sort of Matt like Target is fine. He needed really... a left back, mate. He needed a left back. Yeah, he's uh, he's you know, he's just kind of like. Everyone's looking out at each other. We, you see Tyro Mings, you see Pau Torres, you see all these big guys, you know, big um, characters. And then Matt Target's just there quietly working away, doing the job. And then before you know it, he's the last one standing. Yeah, I like it. It's a bit, but I like it under the radar. There's a bit of logic to it as well, frankly. Yeah. Why not? Who knows who could win that game? So I think better to go for a player with a bit of brains about him. Uh, <laughs> or be it what I would say about dear old Matt Target is that when it got tough, 
Yeah. He did go a little bit missing every now and again. So I'm not <laughs> sure how he's going to compete <laughs> on it. It's the Adama Traore running at him again. Yeah, like, no, that'll, be the, that'll be the boss, the final boss. He'd throw himself out the game. Like, jump off. So I think we've got we've definitely got a goalkeeper, a left back, two centre half. So assuming we were going flat back four, uh, yeah. you'd have a right back left, uh, two midfielders, and an attacking player. I think you're four. If you were to go for a, a traditional formation, you could flick it up and have a centre back and have a wing back, but we'll see how we're going. So we've definitely still got the three main areas on the pitch we can cover with the final questions. And um, the next time I'm taking you on a road trip. So you're stuck in a car going down Route 66. We're in a camper van. You're sleeping night and day. Nobody else you're speaking with. They're picking the music. They're in charge of everything. Who are you going on a road trip with across America? Um, I'll do it with Jack Grealish. I'll put that's how I'll get Grealish in. <laughs> Just so just think... out of interest, you've put you've picked a man who's quite renowned for driving incidents. <laughs> yeah. Um safely get you across America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't <laughs> said this on any other one. Do you want to rethink your answer <laughs> at all? <laughs> uh I, no, I'm gonna stick with him. I'm gonna keep him. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I just because I think by the end of that adventure, if you made it back, made it alive across uh, Route 66, I feel like You'd have so many hilarious stories of things that had <laughs> happened with Super Jack that you'd be like, you know, that, that time in Vegas, for instance. Uh, you're be a lot you're suggesting you'd get out of Vegas with Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be there probably there for a, a few days and months, probably. But uh, yeah, I think um, just because he, I think he, I think he's a fun character, and he or seems it, um, and he'd uh, it'd be funny stories. And I think um, what else would the bit like? Picking the music, I think he'd have terrible music. Tate, for my for my my taste, I think I think it'd probably be like the sort of stuff you'd hear in every Ibiza club over and over again. <laughs> I think driving along to that every hour of every day would be really annoying. But I just feel like I'm thinking in my head if I was to write a comedy film, what would be the funniest one? I think like having Route 66 with Jack Grealish, you know, being the main event would be uh, <laughs> there'd be a lot of really fun stuff. Like it'd be like The Hangover, wouldn't it? You'd have yeah. a baby. Uh, you somehow end up carrying a baby around. There'd be a tiger in the bathroom. Like, <laughs> my I have a feeling you'd have to educate him on what America is halfway through. <laughs> I think mean, he would have so many stupid questions <laughs> about where he is at any point. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. So, entertainment, I would advise maybe you do some of the driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I'll... what I'm saying. On yeah. that. So I think. That maybe you you could have another striker in there, but you've got Anwar, you've got Grealish, you've got Dion, so you've certainly got attacking players. Mm-hmm. So with the midfield, that's looking a little bit better. You've got John McGinn, who does a lot of running, mm-hmm. and a minute he's doing a lot of running on his own as we go into the final three questions. Okay. So this one's a little bit of a it's inspired by the latest Matty Cash video, where I think they had the video there was a, a day in the life of Matty Cash, where the only thing I learned is that he, he drinks Starbucks, and uh, that was it, really. Uh, <laughs> but you could switch personalities. You are no longer Frankie for today on a non-match day, so not playing. Which Villa player could be of any era? You could go back of their lifetime. You, you're going to switch into their body for the day. On a non-match day, which Villa player would you like to be a fly on the wall, as it were? Who do you want to be for a day? Hmm. Who would I, which Villa player would I want to be? Uh, 
Bearing in mind, you probably want to focus in on a defender or midfielder yeah. to make it unbalanced. Um, good midfielders we've had over the years. Uh, well, good midfielders over here. We've had, if you go way back, Ian Taylor, Mark yeah. Drake, Milner, Barry, Petrov. But they don't have to be good. You could have yeah. a day in life as uh, Jemba Jemba, a day yeah. in life as well, uh, Marvellous Nakamba. I think Ian Taylor's a good shout because I'd get to live the life of an Aston Villa fan living their dream as a as a Villa wow. legend and a fantastic player as well. Uh, yeah, what a life. You know, you, you grow up an Aston Villa fan, you become a Villa player, you become a really great Villa player. And from that day on, from the day you retire, you're like, you know, what can I do from the mid-30s? Just go to Villa every week. Sit yeah. in the sit in the good seats, or if I want to one week, just go the whole end instead. Do whatever, go down the trade ground whenever I want. What a life! Yeah, a life. I think he's also an ambassador, isn't he? Of sorts, I see him poking yeah. up in like the Dubai Villa Lions and the Hong Kong Villa. Yeah. So he seems to just travel the world promoting Villa after being yeah. about. So I think that is a fantastic answer. We got it. We got to get him in the London Lions Webbo. Got to get him down here. Wow. Yeah, funny you should say that. You may have preempted one of the questions coming up, Frankie. Oh, okay. He's ahead of it. The, the last two questions are sort of bringing it back to the podcast and the London Lions, as it were. So, a dream guest, if you could have any guest on your pod from the Villa days, who who would you like? And bearing in mind, at the minute we look like we're going sort of a four-three-three formation, so we okay. don't have a right back and we don't have a centre midfield. Sort okay. Of Okay. Uh I think maybe Gareth Barry then. Uh yeah, what a player. Because he, he can I think I sort of forget now. Was he left or right back? I think he was a left back. Well, he was left footed, but he was probably one of those players that bar goalkeeper played in every position. So, yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. And he played that centre midfield role so well towards his that's all what got him the move to yeah. Man City, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah, and he could you could see him at right back, you could see him as that sort of well, he was that sort of linchpin in midfield as well. Super player. It was. Um, I remember uh, when he left uh, for City. He'd been at Villa for such a long time by then, hadn't he? Been yeah. about ten years, and uh, I didn't actually begrudge him leaving at the time. I know it was it was annoying because we were in a bit of an ascendant moment, but and it was annoying. It went to City as well. We hadn't been good for that long, really, by that point. Yeah. But uh, I kind of was thought I sort of understood it. You know, he'd been he had been there a long time not won anything. And uh, I remember when he came back and there was that guy in the stands right next to me who had those like fake notes, fake pound notes <laughs> thrown at him. And uh, I remember just thinking like, come on, look, we, can't, we can't be like... And I, I just thought it was a bit... It made us look a bit... I don't know. I, I, I didn't think it made us look great. Um, but, I mean, whilst I understand the you know frustration of him leaving as well, I'm not saying I wasn't annoyed at it. Um yeah, but he, uh, you know, he was there at Villa for so long. Uh, a great career. I think most appearances ever in the Premier League at yeah. still, I think. Uh, I think. Him or Milner. I think it is right. still Barry, but Milner's hunting him down. But yeah, he was a, he was a great player. Really yeah. underrated, really. I, think. I can't was. remember how many titles he ended up winning. But yeah, I think the Villa fans were annoyed because he joined Man City before they were a Champions League team. So mm -hmm. one of those things... It almost just don't make a press statement when you yeah, well, yeah. play and say, I'll only leave Villa if it's a Champions League team because he felt his move to Liverpool was going to come into fruition. 
Yeah, yeah Sunderland is best just to be quiet. Uh, you can't deny what he's achieved since he left Villa, and it, it, I think he was one of the best players we had. Yeah, certainly in the in the Premier League era, and Villa fans are still a little bit bitter uh, about his departure. But yeah, he was he was world class. Yeah, uh, interestingly, yeah. your point is that I, I forgot they threw fake money. I also forgot that we flew inflatable snakes at Delft yeah. and threw <laughs> yeah. cabbages at Steve Bruce. So we've got yeah. quite a collection of things we have thrown on the pitch at Villa Park. We are we are a unique fan base, <laughs> uh, a creative fan base. Um, I think uh, the Delft one was the Delft one was different. You know, obviously the uh, the way you know said you know I'm going to stay, I'm not going to leave, and then a couple of days later ends up going to City. It was just that was. Absolutely bewildering to witness. Yeah, so, it really was, wasn't it? Very different, yeah. So now we come to the final question, which links, like I say, back to, to this. So you, with Gareth Barry being in your team now, he could play left-back. Matty Target could switch to right-back. You've given yourself a few options of positions. You can move things around. You mentioned at the top of the course, so I help run the London Lions football team. And so I'll give a little bit of promotion. We're always looking for new recruits. If anyone's listened to this and has recently moved to London and fancies playing football with a load of other Villa fans, or if you also want to just watch the games that, that Villa play when they're on TV, there's a lot of things going on. So reach out to Frankie Virus Pod or look for ABSC London Lions on social media. We're always looking to recruit and hopefully we'll be as welcoming as we can be. Mm-hmm. So the final question there for Frankie is, if you could have any player playing for us in the London Lions, who are you picking? Bearing in mind, you've got to be, technically you've only got a right back left, but you can be a little bit creative by sticking target perhaps in the right back position. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to get creative, I think. Yeah. Uh, And so I need a midfielder. I am going to go with... Sort of really tempted to go back to like 92, 93. Um, but I think I'm going to go Douglas Louise. Dougie and Louise. The reason I say that is because I think Louise's level, I think this season is my prediction is that he's going to go to a very, very high level indeed. Um, I rate him extremely highly. Uh, and I just think he, I think he could be a regular Brazil international by the end of this season. Yeah, and I, if I was to pick out a player who I think might be a target of someone like a Man City potentially in the next couple, of, in the next year or two, um, you know, just accepting that you know other teams do look at our players, I'd say he's probably quite high on the list just because Pep Guardiola has always rated him. Yeah, uh, and um, yeah, I think he just he just has such great footballing ability, and knowledge of it's sort of just is just on pitch abilities, working his way out of tight positions, um, playing it, you know, just, just as a sort of metronomic player who links the defence to the attack. He's, I think he's a really quality player. Um, and maybe I think this is the year that a lot of the other sort of non-Villa fans maybe start to think this Douglas Louise guy is really good. Yeah. Um, and it's a little surprise Arsenal wanted him uh, when they did. Um, so, yeah, I think he's... I'll, probably, I'll go with him just so I can have a another midfielder. And I think Barry in at right back or left back would would work fine as well. So, yeah. um, I mean, Bubikok and Morris tipped in as well. Um, you know, go all the way back to maybe a Gordon Cowens, uh, though he's more yeah. of an attacker. Uh, Sean Teal, Kevin Richardson, uh, <laughs> Stan the Man Petrov. Uh, but I, I think I'll go Douglas Lewis just because just I think 
I know it's probably immediate, immediacy, uh, recency bias, but he is just, I think, one of an absolutely amazing player. And I, I think I'm just, yeah, my prediction is that this season he goes to a higher level. Cue now I play this in a year's time. We go, how bad was, <laughs> how bad was Douglas Louise this season? Well, you, I mean, he was worthy winner of players, player of the season and, and fans, player of the season, whatever the, the titles he won, which was fantastic. And also I remember that link with Arsenal. And I think the general consensus with Villa fans was I wouldn't be too disappointed to see him go for 20 million at the time. He, he came on leap and bound under Unai. And I'm excited to see him and Kamara, Tielemans. I think we've got a, a midfield there that can actually win quite a lot of games and yeah. actually compete with a top, top team. So, yeah, I, I'd certainly welcome him into the London Lions fold. I'm sure I'll be able to find a way to get him into the team somehow. I feel like it'd be good on the socials as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. You've yeah. got that South American feel. He'll he'll know take, be able to take us to a few unique places in London. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, brilliant. Thanks, Frankie. So let's so let's just quickly run through it. Yeah. I think I'm gonna know I'm gonna ask you two questions at the end. Who do you want as your captain and who do you want to manage these? I'm pretty certain I know who you're gonna pick as a manager. <laughs> but no, you, you have a another bromance brewing. Uh, very much at the moment. So you've yeah. got Emmy Martinez in goal. We've got a right back, we'll say Matt Target, left back Gareth Barry, Mings and McGrath yeah, as two centre backs, a midfield three of Dougie Louise, John McGinn, and Ian Taylor, Super Jack Grealish, your tag team partner, Dion Dublin, and then the penalty king, Anwar Al Ghazi, <laughs> which makes it Frankie's alternative 11. Who's <laughs> going to be your captain then, Frankie? Because you've got some big names in there. I think Barry captain. Villa, Emmy has marked Captain Villa, Mings, and I think did McGrath Captain Villa. I'm not sure. He did, yeah. Ian Taylor may have done as well. Obviously, Jack Grealish did. John McGinn has. So you've got quite a lot of leaders hmm. in your team. But who's going to be your captain? I think it's going to be Paul McGrath. I think. He, I think there's. I think he's got a strong case to be our greatest ever player. Some would argue, you know, the likes of Dennis Mortimer or Andy Gray. Um, you know, various other players that have, you know. Morley with all those types, but I don't know. I just think I really think McGraw was a player who could have played for any team ever and made it into their central defense and was just a, a talismanic, fantastic player. And, um, yeah, so I think he, he's my man, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think with McGraw, sometimes with Villa players, we get bias, yeah, uh, never with all football fans, you get bias and you talk about world class players. What I love to see now is. Uh, I don't know if you watched the overlap, Gary Neville's uh, sort of thing with Sky, yeah. and, and they went back to Ireland recently and they got Paul McGrath on there with Roy Keane. Right. The way Roy Keane talks about Paul McGrath and the way that the Irish audience just lapped him up, you saw yeah. just that that effort, like confirmation that actually this isn't a Villa bias. Yeah. yeah. He, this was a world-class footballer who probably didn't reach the heights he could have, almost like a Ledley King-style injuries and, and never got there. But when he was on his game, that Italy, though, there is a, I think there's a, a short YouTube video of Paul McGrath against Italy for Ireland, and it is a masterclass it's defending. It's just a Rolls, people will just be talking about a Rolls-Royce defender, mm. barely breaking sweat, positioning like nobody else, just read the game better. And it, mm. yeah, World class, we call him God for a reason. So, I think nobody's going to argue with you on Paul McGrath as your captain. Maybe <laughs> there's a few others, your, your left hand side, or whatever it is, of Matt Target and Anwell Argal, Argal Al Ghazi could be questioned. <laughs> yeah. Paul McGrath will not be. 
And who's going to be your your manager then, Frankie? Manager, I'm going to well, I mean, I'm sort of tempted to say uh, Sadine, Sadine Smith, um, <laughs> Brian Little as well, loved him. But uh, it's, I think it's got to be Professor Unai, hasn't it? <laughs> I think I think the professor, uh, what he's done in the last eight months has been probably the best football I've ever seen. At Aston Villa in the time I've supported them, in the sense it's the most kind of up to date and uh, thought through and intelligent. And you know we've had a lot of great managers, Martin O'Neill as well. You know and, uh, and what he did and uh, Dean Smith that ten game winning streak, the Championship, keeping us up in the Premier League. Um, and you know Ron Atkinson back in the day, Brian Little, great times with that three five two. But just I just think with Emery, there's just something about watching Villa that's been like I can't remember watching a Villa team play like this yeah. I can't remember feeling like going into every game ever where I've thought we'll get we can we can do this um yeah. we can beat whoever it is and uh we'll have a plan um it might not work but there's there's a plan in place um yeah, and you're absolutely right I think that that is the key you, you feel like there's we're going to try and do something like I said mate it's never always going to come off yeah, uh, we're never going to look lost. We're never going to look clueless. And there's always going to be a plan B, a plan C. So if something's not working, you just sort. At this moment in time, I have full trust in the man and couldn't be more excited for mm. next season. Yeah, completely, completely, uh, absolutely agree. Uh, and yeah, abs- next season, um, I'm just intrigued to see what he does. I wonder if there's going to be any tactical tweaks. You know what he. Maybe it changes anything up from last season. He's very keen on this on getting a winger in. Very clearly, you know, Nico yeah. Williams. Um, we've been, you know, linked with this Musa Diaby and uh, Jeremy Doku. It just seems like a position he really, really wants to fill. So yeah. uh, I feel I feel like that position is going to be extremely important next season. Yeah, it should be fun times ahead, Frankie. And thank you very much for participating in that random eleven. Thank you very much, Webber. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I'm up for any any more features we can do like that. That'd be great. Uh, I, I definitely might reconsider driving Route 66 for Jack Greenish, <laughs> but I do think that there's, there's the makings of a film in that one. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll certainly tune in. <laughs>